You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Hey guys. Um, sorry for running, for running a little late. Um, I'm going to Texas tonight and I decided to do everything today. <laughs> So um, it's been a crazy last couple hours, but I am here to talk to you about the parable of the wedding banquet. Um, So I'm going to start with that, and if you want to follow along, that's Matthew 22, verse 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the the king came in to see the guests, he he noticed the man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. So, As I tried to interpret the scripture, I did some brainstorming with my mom and my cell. I got a lot of great suggestions. And then I kind of had this light bulb moment. It's really silly, but to me, there are three parts of the story. There's the part where the king is um, throwing this wedding banquet for his son. So he like prepares this party and he invites guests and He invites them the first time, and they don't come. And then he invites them again, and they they still don't come. They even, like, kill his servants. Um, And then the second part is kind of when the servants go out and invite everyone. And then the last part is about this dude who, like, gets, like, called out um, for what he's wearing at this wedding. Um, So I was thinking... That, that this kind of is like when Kim Kardashian and Kanye West got married and Beyonce and Jay-Z did not come to the wedding. 
And then Jaden Smith wore a Batman costume to the wedding. <laughs> that was like the closest parallel I could get of this like wedding party situation. But but in all seriousness, um, you you can't just like wear anything you want to a wedding. Um, uh, when I first read the scripture, <laughs> as you can tell, I had a lot of thoughts and feelings. One being, who refuses an invitation to a wedding? Um, there's love to celebrate, special moments to soak in, and not to mention free food and drinks. So, like, what's up with these people? Why don't they show up? I ask that question because in my interpretation, I get the feeling that these invitees, they didn't even have any other meaningful plans. Um, their refusal seems to be an act of blatant disregard, disrespect, and just an overwhelming lack of care. So who were these invitees who refused to go to this wedding banquet? Um, my guess is the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, some of you may be familiar with the term Pharisee. As teachers of the law, Pharisees were revered in the community as some of God's closest followers. Google defines the word Pharisee as a member of an ancient Jewish sect distinguished by strict observance of traditional and written law and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity. Um, the subtext of the definition adds a self-righteous person, a hypocrite. So those are the Pharisees. Um, then there are the Sadducees who were actually more conservative than the Pharisees. Um, the Sadducees only believed in the written law of, of God um, and they were a socio-religious party of priests, aristocratic families and merchants with within the community. They, they made up the, the wealthier part of the community. Um, and so in addition, the Sadducees denied the resurrection of the dead, and they also denied the existence of spirits and the obligation of oral, oral tradition. Um, and so they, they really emphasized the written law alone. Um, I want to emphasize the Sadducees' denial of the re resurrection of the dead. Um, so, so what am I saying? I'm saying essentially the wedding banquet is God throwing a banquet to celebrate his son, to celebrate our relationship with Christ. But you have these people who think they're like too good for this wedding. Um, and I think in that time, Jesus would be referring to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I say that because when Jesus was right in front of them, like as living flesh, like they denied his existence. They, they denied his existence using the law. Like they were so obsessed with the written law that they couldn't see right, like the, what was right there before him. Like this Messiah that they were waiting for was there in the flesh and blood, but they kind of like, they blow him off. Um, and, they, and, and even worse yet, um, verse six says, uh, the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. 
At this point of the story, the king becomes enraged and he sends an army to destroy the murderers and he burns the city. I can't lie, it's not easy for me to wrap my mind around the violence in this story. It's hard to reconcile. Um, this is like super messed up, I'm just gonna say it, but my best guess is that the burning of that wicked city is like a purging type of experience, I guess, and in like purging these self-righteous kind of hypocritical people, um, God is saying that um, it's now a time to create space that is open to a wider community of faith rather than just like shallow or like overly righteous approach to a relationship with God. So I think, like I said, all the violence is awful, but then it's followed by this moment where these kind of self-righteous people who have no regard or care um, than, than themselves, they're, the city's like burned. These were like some honored guests and they're kind of purged and what that does, it, it creates this space for anyone to come. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, no, I don't want to use this pun, but, um, so I won't. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh no. Okay, so it's kind of like God like extinguishes like, the requirements that that it took before to access a relationship with him he now like ex casts this wider net and invites all the people good and bad so all are welcome to to the wedding banquet it's not some elite class that has a special invitation um so this is where jaden smith in the batman suit comes in um he wore that to a wedding um, and this is, this is a wedding banquet. And I was thinking, this is what made me uneasy. Like, the king, who I believe represents God, says, invite everyone, the good and the bad. But then he calls out this dude for, like, not wearing his wedding attire. So I'm thinking, okay, like, is this about, you know, kind of minimizing uh, the elite class's belief that you could only connect to God for the law. Like, that's a good idea. But then, is God also um, excluding people for not wearing certain clothes? Like, those two things were conflicting. So I thought about it more for a while, and I, I came up with the concept that you, you can't wear anything to a wedding. And one of the things you can't wear to a wedding, for instance, is a bikini. Like, you can't go to a wedding in a bikini. Um, you also can't go to a wedding in a, in a Ku Klux Klan robe. Like, those aren't things you can go to a wedding in. Um, and you also can't go to a wedding if you're not in a, the bride in a wedding dress. Like, there are just things you can't wear to a wedding. And that is, like, objectively true. And I was thinking, okay, so... What is God saying about the kingdom of God if this guy who's not wearing the right clothes gets called out? Um, kind of along the lines of you can't wear a Ku Klux Klan robe to a wedding. You cannot enter the kingdom of God cloaked in hatred. 
You cannot carry hatred and, and, and lack of grace or even unforgiveness into the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's a wedding banquet. And so it doesn't mean that you can't feel all the feelings of the spectrum of human existence because we're humans and we're vulnerable. But I think it means that God doesn't want us to really carry all of the heaviness that comes with, with hatred or other sinful attitudes and behaviors. And so when I thought of that, it made me feel a lot better about this story, um, which to me, again, is a story of a king who really threw his, his excitement for his son um, and the care of, of others in the community. He throws this wedding banquet for his beloved son, which I believe is an analogy for Jesus. And he just wants to celebrate um, and this, this wonderful event. And he invites these people, the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who at the time you would think those are like first class guests because of their status in the community. They have proximity to God in the people's eyes because of, of how they're seen in the community. But they do not accept God's open invitation. They think their status um, and their wealth um, makes them kind of above it and, and they're preoccupied with themselves. So as I said earlier, they, they miss this opportunity like to see the like living, walking embodiment of God. Um, and so God's like, all right, and he clears those people out, and then he invites everyone, which I believe is all of us, to, to this wonderful banquet. But even though we're all invited, it doesn't mean that we'll all have access because, um, because of kind of the heaviness that we might carry again, through hatred and other sinful behaviors. And I think one of the points that I really liked from talking about this scripture for myself, um, someone asked if, like, maybe the dude um, who showed up not wearing his wedding clothes, like, was this an act of defiance? Or was he kind of just, like, trying to fly under the radar? Um, and I thought that was like a really interesting question uh, because, yeah, it, it, it kind of can change your perception of the story. Um, I think regardless of whether he was defiant or just trying to get by, he's still kind of like racked in shame. Like you can kind of feel that when, when he gets called out, he's like, why aren't you wearing your wedding your wedding garments. And, and I think it's because, I don't know, sometimes even if we're going through a struggle, like we think that in those moments we, we can't connect with God because we're like not good enough, like we might carry shame. Um, so God will invite us, but we'll push God away. Again, kind of clinging to um, our our 
not wedding garment like things. Like one of the other things I was thinking was, for instance, I think this guy could have worn a hoodie to a wedding. Like it wouldn't be the best wedding choice, but I don't think God cared about the quality of clothes. I think he cared about what they represented. So like, yeah, he could have worn a hoodie to the wedding banquet, but he couldn't wear a hoodie that was full of pride. Like that would, like that would distance him from God. So I, I, in the same way, I don't think it's about what he's actually wearing versus what it might represent about this invitation from God. Um, and, and, and I connected even with the shame. Um, I'm just going to like close off with this silly story, but it, it, I instantly thought of this when I read the scripture. When I was in about like third or fourth grade, um, my friend and I, we figured out um, that the teachers kept uh, popsicles in the teacher's lounge. And so, <laughs> so we, we, we stole some. <laughs> and what we did is we put them like in our kilt pockets, but it, it got so hot that they started melting. <laughs> and they melted onto our school shirts. So when we ran into the teachers, they were like, what's going on there? Like your shirts are like, like bright orange. And so they found out that we had stolen um, the popsicles. And I, I remember that feeling of like being given away by my clothing, like, oh no, like the, the evidence is so obvious. And like, that's how like I imagine that guy was feeling like he knew he was up to no good, but he didn't expect to get called out. And he does. And then there's this moment of shame. And so he gets tied up and, like, thrown out to where there's gnashing of teeth. Like, that's not casual. They're, like, gnashing of teeth. And so, like, I'm thinking of this. And, like, our punishment for, like, stealing these popsicles is that we, like, had to stand on, like, the gate wall at recess and, like, watch all the kids play. And so I'm like, yeah, like weeping of gnashing of teeth. Like I, I totally connect because that's how I felt to be like revealed by my clothing, called out and seen for this shameful moment and then like punished. Like I think that a lot of people perceive that weeping and gnashing of teeth or hell or whatever you want to call it is... Um, this experience that's like very specific to the afterlife but I think that there's a ton of suffering to that extent that happens here on earth and again like God urges us not to like God urges us not to sin not just so like he can punish us but he doesn't want us to experience that pain like if we can kind of avoid that pain, not through actual avoidance, but seeking God, like, in our moments of shame, because I think what's interesting about this story is, like, just because he has a shameful moment doesn't mean he necessarily doesn't belong. You know, he decided to wear this, like, not wearing coat attire, but that banquet was open to everyone, good and bad, and so I think God 
if that man had been open to to joining the experience and relating without carrying that hatred or other heaviness, he would be quite all right in the kingdom of God. But I think because he was carrying that hatred or the heaviness of sin, that he's ultimately expelled from this experience. And again, I think it's just... All of those things, pride, hatred, unforgiveness, um, that kind of distance us not just from other people, but also God. It's not God who's doing the pushing. It's, it's us, ultimately. And so, yeah, it, it, it was a really cool parable to talk about. And I'll be interested to hear you guys' thoughts about it. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.